Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What's up, Pascast listeners? This is Joe here. Today, I'm really excited to share something brand new with you. Donut has a new podcast for you called The Donut Racing Show or DRS. Donut Racing Show brings the cheap beer mindset to the champagne popping podium of Formula One. It's hosted by Nolan as well as motor journalists Alanis King and Elizabeth Blackstock. They're both really funny and smart and they know everything about F1. This is the F1 podcast for everyone, whether you're a brand new F1 fan or a seasoned fan that's been watching for years. New episodes come out after each big race weekend on Wednesdays, so make sure to head over to the Donut Racing Show podcast page and subscribe so you don't miss any of the action. Okay, well, welcome everybody to the first ever episode of the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a cheap beer mindset to the champagne popping podium Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, auto journalists who literally co-wrote the book on F1. We've got Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, hello. And Alanis King. Hi. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the studio. Oh, it's here. really great to be here. Yeah. I just had some pretzels. Everybody told me to put them away because they were too loud. And apparently our listeners don't want to listen to me eat pretzels. We don't and want I was crunching offended. on mic. Yeah. I was interested. I was lie. interested too. I thought the bag made some nice sounds. I thought the crunching was nice. And everybody just told me to put them away. And I'm really sad that I don't have my pretzels. Here to talk about the French Grand Prix. This is a racing show after all. And yesterday was the French Grand Prix, or I guess two days ago by the time you're hearing this. So Good grief. Sorry, listener. Uh, yeah, um, not the most eventful race of the season so far uh, from a outcome standpoint. I think it was a pretty, I don't know, uh, Max Verstappen was kind of on his own for most of the race. Uh, after the, but uh, how did he get there? Yeah, that's, that's how the story. Did he get there? That's the story. So, But before we get to that, let's talk about the track itself a little bit. The Circuit Paul Ricard has only been host to the French Grand Prix since 2018 after a 10-year pause in France altogether. I 
Uh, I've only been watching since 2014, so I didn't even like consider that they would race in France. It actually makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, this is this is where it all started. Being this is one of yes, where gr- the word Grand Prix comes from. Yeah, wait, why is it in French? That's right. Okay, it makes <laughs> sense. Makes sense. <laughs> is Grand Prix just Grand Prix. Is that French? It's Grand Prix, actually. <laughs> yes, but is Grand Prix French? Is this a French word? Are you? Are you messing with All me? All IndyCar drivers are American. Oh, okay. my God. I, that means grand prize. Oh, yeah. prize. Okay, well. Wow, this is incredible. Today we learned. <laughs> the, uh, the first French Grand Prix was held on a circuit made from closed-off public roads near Le Mans in 1906. And since then, the French Grand Prix has been hosted at seven different venues throughout the country. I didn't even know there were seven tracks in France, there are to be honest. a lot honest. of good ones. Michael Schumacher holds the record for the most victories in the French Grand Prix with eight wins, though that was at the Mognicourt circuit. Uh, Scuderia Ferrari uh, have the most French Grand Prix wins with 17, but they don't have any wins since the event returned to uh, Paul Ricard in 2018. They do have the upper hand, though, considering they've been here since the beginning. They do. You know, I think they're just distracted because at Paul Ricard, um, the whole racetrack looks like a giant maze on one of those little pieces of paper they give you at the restaurant. It looks like a Keith Herring uh, painting. Yeah, sort of. it looks like it looks like the little piece of paper they give the kids at the restaurant <laughs> to do the maze. Yes, and you're trying to do the maze on the piece of paper. And Except I just worse. think I just think the Ferrari drivers maybe get distracted by all the lines around the racetrack, and then they just they keep some. They just keep seeing that light blue and think they're heading for a marina in Miami. Paul Ricard is actually a testing facility, which I w- mm-hmm. did not realize. That's why there's so many different layouts, and and that is why they have sprinklers actually built into the sides of the racetrack. You said that while yes. we were watching, yeah, for wet weather testing. They and just I thought the you track. were joking. No, I did not. I am realize not even that. kidding. Bernie Ecclestone decided that they needed sprinklers to do wet weather testing when it wasn't actually raining. And I don't know why they don't turn those on. They, why don't they turn those on for the race? That's the question. I'm just saying Paul Ricard would be here in 2023 if we had a wet mm-hmm. race every year. That's what I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think you should just turn the sprinklers on at random intervals and then turn them off and have the track dry off. He was discussing this as that like one fan somewhere should get the like nuclear <laughs> button. <gasps> and that you just get to push it like, at a random ba- like time during the, the race. Uh, like in The Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. when... One of you among you has the button. The Circuit Power Card has been here since 2018, but it looks like this is going to be the last race for it. Uh, it is not very popular. It's not usually exciting. And in 2023, it's one of the circuits that's currently being cut in favor of great venues, classic venues like Las Vegas. Like, like Las Vegas, Las Vegas <laughs> the strip lined with photos of my favorite person in the world, Chris Angel. I, Here it goes. I Here think, we go. Uh, yeah. Let's not completely Let's delve not completely into derail. Alanis's lore here on the first episode. <laughs> we got to um, tease it out for the future. Yeah, yeah. We got to save that Chris Angel material. Listeners, take um, a shot when. <laughs> oh, take a shot when you hear Chris Angel. But I'm kind of okay with Paul Ricard being off the calendar in 2023. Um, I think I've only seen one truly exciting race there, and that was last year when Max Verstappen won. I mean, that was a very exciting race, and as we'll see in this episode, not not a, a not a barn burner exactly mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, and if it means we get Las Vegas, I feel like most fans would probably be okay with sacrificing Paul Ricard for another track. If you're mad about this, you've been hypnotized by the blue lines that line the race. Maybe that's what that stuff is for. Yes. It's like subliminal. Um, it's hypnotizing. The lines actually have a purpose. They're like abrasive yes, material. So it's instead of gravel, yes. you hit that and slow down. And the blue hmm. is one, like, 
consistency of it, like sandpaper, and the other one's a different like grade of sandpaper. So that's why they're there, but like they could have done literally anything else. Like, like literally anything. Gravel traps. Anything else. Yeah, so that's perhaps a gravel trap, maybe some grass, even just like a gray line, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Would be fine, but. So- it's France. That's they so got to do their own thing. Yeah. So that's why when you're going around this track, you don't see a bunch of gravel traps, which is like at other racetracks, you'll see cars just like slide off into a bunch of gravel. And you might wonder why that's there. Well, the FIA makes tracks meet a certain safety criteria in order to run on it. And one of those safety criteria is to be able to basically slow the cars down enough before they hit a tire barrier mm-hmm. that you don't kill someone. Mm-hmm. And the only tracks where that's not really required are street circuits because you can't change things. But that's why you see existing FIA tracks have those giant gravel traps or a bunch of grass runoff. So you basically don't kill people. Mm-hmm. Always a good thing. It's a good thing not to kill people. And speaking of people, here's our people. <laughs> here's our fun fact of this track for the week. Uh, Paul Ricard, the track's namesake. The, the the track's namesake. Uh, Paul Ricard was a wealthy industrialist who made his money after developing a popular anise flavored aperitif. Tell or, me what an anise flavor is. It's basically is. like black licorice. Yeah, tastes like that. Have you ever had absinthe? I feel like I'm asking the wrong person. You are completely asking the wrong person. I no, thought, absolutely I, I, I not. I took Alanis for an absinthe person. You have to Chris tell me Angel what that an absinthe. Yeah, I was like, the, yeah. there's a Chris Angel stuff. You have stuff. to tell me what an absinthe is. Let's just I mean, go it's, get some. It's, it's just like... I think that's a great idea. It's just a like a... It's a, it's a liquor. Yeah. It's, it tastes like black it's a licorice. It's liquor? Yeah. It, yeah, it used to be made of things that made you hallucinate, but it's not anymore. I'd love that, actually. <laughs> It sounds about right. He made a bunch of money, funded the track, but now the track is owned by a family trust of ex-F1 boss Bernie Eccleston, who we'll probably get into in a future episode. We don't really have time oh, for that right now, but him. that guy, uh, very well, interesting Bernard. figure, Bernard. that Ecclestown fella. But yeah, I, um, I kind of want to try some of this. Uh, it's called Pastis. So before the race, the World Constructors Championship, the teams, how the teams were ranked, uh, Red Bull held a pretty steady lead over Ferrari, leading by about 50 points to 359 points uh, to Ferrari's 303 points. So not looking super good for Ferrari, but also they did have a chance to gain some valuable points back, um, which were kind of immediately dashed when Carlos Sainz had to start at the back of the grid yep. this weekend. I believe they replaced his engine. So Carlos Carlos Sainz is the second Ferrari driver to Charles Leclerc, who is... Probably the favorite. Oh, we've already named a number two, and we just like yeah. we just started the episode, and yeah. we're already talking about the class rankings within yeah. Formula One. This <laughs> is Formula so One sad. teams have a favorite. Okay, they pick yes. a favorite. So let's talk about that. So with every Formula One team, there are ten teams, and every team has two drivers. Generally, on your team, especially if you have a successful team, you have a star driver, yeah. and then you have the guy who's going to do whatever it takes to get the star driver some points. Mm -hmm. And so you really saw this the end of last year when Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were battling really closely for the championship. You saw Sergio Perez, Max's teammate, Red Bull would call over the radio and be like, Sergio, we really need you to hold up Lewis here. Um, just just hold him up. Don't let him pass Mm -hmm. you. We need Mm -hmm. you to do this and this and this. And, Poor Sergio is just trying to run his race, but his race is all about Max. Yeah. And it's very so. sad. So this is how Formula One works. Yeah. Ferrari claims that Carlos Sainz and uh, Charles Leclerc are on equal terms. Are you serious? Not, they yeah. claim that? Yeah, they're not. That's they're hilarious. not, though. We all, know, we, know, we all know Leclerc is the favorite, which is fine. Uh, but when you have a 
big big change of equipment. You have a certain number of engines you're allowed to use each year in Formula One. Um, if you change that, you get a penalty for that. So Sainz had an engine change after Austria, which put him at the very back of the grid, uh, which not a great place to start, especially if you are at Ferrari and you're trying to get mm-hmm. those coveted points mm-hmm. to win and, the championship. And the reason for the engine change is, in general, this year, Ferrari is a disaster and the <laughs> car just... Every, the car just yeah. implodes just randomly at random intervals it's all easily, the time. It's probably the fastest car on the grid, the yes. Ferrari, but it is also One extremely unreliable. unreliable. Just yeah. breaks all the time. Yeah. Which we saw this weekend. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. After the World Constructors Championship, the, the teams themselves fighting each other, the World Driver Championship going into the race had Red Bull driver Max Verstappen and first, the current world champion. He had 208 points to Charles Leclerc's, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Oh, we have uh, decided on Chucky yeah. Baby. Yeah. Okay. Charles Leclerc's 170 points for Ferrari. So, again, a 38-point th- deficit. Charles desperately needs these points after this race. Charles Leclerc, he's on pole position, which is really great because we are half over halfway through the season now. He needs these points. Max Verstappen, his championship rival, current world champion, is right behind him in second place, and he's backed up by uh, his teammate, Sergio Perez. So Leclerc's looking at pole position with both Red Bull cars behind him and his teammate, Carlos Sainz, nowhere to be found because of those engine penalties starting at the very back of the grid. Ferrari needs signs to make some really big moves throughout this race if they want to secure more championship points for the team. Um, that was kind of Carlos's mission is to work his way up from the back all the way through the field so he can give back up to Charles. And Charles's job is to hold on to that number one position no matter what because even though it's looking like the championship is kind of slipping away from them at this point, there's still a chance. We're only about halfway through the season Right at this point, we're in race 12 of 22. I still think 
it's anyone's game at this point. Even though Red Bull has consistently shown their uh, acumen for winning, and Ferrari obviously has a lot of reliability problems, it could still, still there's still there still is a chance. The gap is not too big. So meanwhile, we've got the uh, Ferrari and Red Bull battle going on this year. Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time world champion, is currently sitting in fourth position. That's where he has qualified for the weekend. And his teammate, George Russell, is down in sixth. Uh, normally, for the past probably eight years, eight, nine years, we've seen Lewis Hamilton massive success, almost always on pole. And if mm-hmm. he wasn't, he was still probably going to win the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had a massive rule change for this year. So the cars look totally different. And this is generally when you get these big shakeups in the you know, kind of stratified hierarchy of mm-hmm. what the Formula One teams are able to do. Uh, this year, Mercedes just has not gotten it right. Uh, they've not they've not really had the success that we generally attribute to them for mm-hmm. the past, you know, since the hybrid era started back in the uh, early 2010s. Um, but that's, that's okay. We're getting there. They're moving up. Fourth place. It could be worse. It could be worse. It could be and a I, lot worse. And I think it's important to note, so Formula One is not just a sport about drivers. So mm-hmm. some racing series are somewhat spec like the the cars are similar to each other in formula one it's a sport of not only driver but team and what kind of car they create and so if you have a bad car like williams of the recent years Mm -hmm. um you're just not going to do well right if you have a bad car you're done if you have a good car you're great and formula one typically has empires of teams that do really really well and those empires coincide with new generations of race car mm-hmm. so when formula one went from v8 power units v8 engines in its like early 2010s mm-hmm. they changed to a v6 turbo hybrid in 2014 for the 2014 season mm-hmm. and that coincided with the rise of the Mercedes team. So before the 2014 season, Sebastian Vettel had won four championships. Sebastian Vettel with Red Bull. Yes. Sebastian Vettel with Red Bull had won four championships. He became the youngest world champion, the youngest double world champion, the youngest triple world champion, and then the youngest quadruple (laughs) world champion. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's not as good as me, but not bad. (laughs) Um, So he, he had an empire at Red Bull. And then these new rules come around. Things shake up again, and Mercedes is on top with Lewis Hamilton. And for the next many years, yep. like eight years pretty much, Mercedes is on top until last year Max Verstappen won the Drivers' Championship, and that was the first time in the era of the Turbo Hybrid that a non-Mercedes driver won the championship. It was all Lewis Hamilton and then one championship by Nico Rosberg, who retired and just became the nerdiest YouTuber in the world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see Lewis and George Russell so high up on the grid. Uh, previously this season, you know, they've really struggled to to have to find the pace to get even that high. Um, so I was really stoked. So I think this this race, if we're going to get into the race itself, I think the appropriate name for this episode is "What's Going On with Ferrari." Yes, because mm-hmm. basically the French Grand Prix was a little boring, but Ferrari was a little bit of a nightmare. And I think that's a really good, it's a really just encapsulated version of Ferrari in 2022. Yeah. The year of our Lord. The year of our Lord 2022. Yeah. So Charles Leclerc started off, led the race, did he was doing fine. Everything was fine. All seemed fine. Max was within like a second of yeah. him for a Quite fair a portion of the race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't really quite 
uh, get close enough to pass even yeah. with the DRS, the drag reduction system. Wait, I thought DRS stood for something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, even then, because Ferrari's engine is so powerful, he, he struggled to catch up even with the assistance of having lower drag of the drag reduction system. So I thought that was quite interesting and thought that there might be an opportunity somewhere. All Chuck just had to mess up one time and Max probably could have yeah. passed at some point. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was Ferrari's race to lose. It was yes. Chuck's race to lose. Max had that DRS access for much of the race behind Charles, but was not able to catch up and pass the Ferrari because that Ferrari engine is so powerful. Good. Yeah, very When they're good. on it, they are on they it. They are on it. They are Ferrari. Yes. Around lap 14, Sainz is working his way up through the field, trying to get to Charles. Uh, looks like he's going to be able to make an impact on the race with Red Bull. But a couple laps later, TV cuts to Charles Leclerc in the wall. His race over. Mm-hmm. His dreams dashed. dashed. His dreams dashed. Championship hopes. And his breathing quite heavy. It was actually kind of <laughs> off-putting. Uh, yeah, to hear that so off, but over it was horror the radio. movie quality stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, yes, Charles, uh, during one of the sweeping right-hand turns, uh, his back end of the car slips out. He was on old tires. I yep. think they're the set that he started on, which are also the set that you have to qualify on. Uh, that's just some little minutia for you. But the car, the Ferrari, loses grip in this long sweeping right-hander. The rear end steps out on him. He loses control, spins, and crashes into a barrier. Luckily, it didn't seem to be too serious of a crash, uh, but it was head-on after spinning a few times. He's probably going like 60 still. Yeah, I was going to say, they said it was like 100 kilometers an hour, so about 60 miles oh, an hour. 60 yep. miles an hour. Look yep. who knows Incredible. metric. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, Charles Leclerc's race over. Yes. From It from, was the third time he has failed to finish a race while he was leading it this year. Which, which is heartbreaking. That is him. really heartbreaking. You kind of think about how much... You know how close the battle is right now. It's not that close, but had Charles been able to like capitalize on those mistakes, those problems, he would be right there. He would be right there. It would be a pretty interesting title fight, and we're we're here again in the barrier screaming. So a lot of people called this his Joker moment, and I would yeah. love that. I agreed. I, I agreed. feel like he's had multiple Joker moments this season already, though. So true. Yes. Uh, like yes. at. I mean, any time he hasn't failed, it's just, it's just. I feel so bad for the guy, even though uh, I'm not really a Ferrari fan necessarily. But like, you just kind of feel for Charles after all this stuff happens to him. I kind, like, I kind of hate that because I'm not a Ferrari fan. I aggressively dislike everything about Ferrari, <laughs> and then Ferrari is so bad that it's making me like its drivers because yeah. they're just doing their because best. They're, they're trying doing their so best. hard, and Ferrari just can't give them a car. Okay, so. This was really kind of, I think a lot of people thought this was a joker moment for him because he hits the wall and then we play this radio communication with his heavy horror movie breathing, like when someone calls you on a payphone and you only hear breathing (laughs) on the other line, and then he screams, no, but he screams it like, it's like long and drawn out, and so I think we should have a competition (laughs) for the best reenactment hell bent on this of this radio message i've been thinking about this for like 36 hours okay Okay? i need this to happen all right but someone has to tell me how far away from the microphone to be (laughs) because i don't actually know how the microphone Uh, probably like yeah back way up okay at least like four feet there yeah okay 
so it was like <laughs> and then no <laughs> and that was how it went i think you pretty much I was nailed like, do it. i need I to do it yes. i'm I'm just gonna ride off of that. Okay, I like well, that great. one. That was a great performance by me. That one hit gr- wonder. That was great. <laughs> Thank you so Perfect. much. Nolan, we go. Could, we could put like some. F- okay. Nolan doesn't want to do this. Nolan, no, go. I, mean, I took Breathe. acting classes. I can do Breathe. it. Breathe. <laughs> you can do it. I, I, I know. I'm cheering you on. Let me do it. Okay. <sighs> 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 I took some so creative liberty with that. That, that was, was good. So that good. was a good interpretation. The Ron Howard y'all interpretation. Have, y'all should have seen his hands. It was like he was like he had oranges in them, and he was trying to just like squeeze orange juice out of the oranges. Like it was incredible. Wow, what a performance, Nolan. Thank you. Wow, Elizabeth, go. Oh my, it's your turn. <sighs> No! Yes! Wow. <laughs> I felt that one. I, I feel felt this that. is like a Meisner class in here. This is crazy. Okay, everyone, everybody I felt was like, that. That felt you're, nice. you're really stuck on this idea, aren't you? That was wonderful. Oh, that wow. was the best idea we've ever had. We should have and more, we should have more screaming, screaming breaks in these podcasts. Wow. So Incredible. After the crash, um, after the screaming, the safety car comes <laughs> out. They have to, you know, the, the, the safety crew has to get the car off the track. Safety car comes out, which kind of gives all the teams a free pit stop, basically, because the speeds are reduced, all that good stuff. You don't, you're not really losing a lot of time. Um, during the pit stop, Carlos signs. Our boy comes in, gets a nice, fresh set of uh, medium poor tires. Boy. Poor but boy. as he's exiting in the pit, uh, nearly hits Williams driver Alex Albon and gets a five-second penalty. That because he'll- he had a very slow pit stop. They, they failed to get that last tire on. Mm. He was just holding it. So when they sent him out, they were a little bit too late. That fraction of a second gotcha. made the biggest difference. Almost hit another car. I'm I mean, a qualified just, tire changer. It just, you should call me. It just <laughs> illustrates how how close the margins are yep. in Formula 1, especially for the pit team. Any slip-up will could have massive consequences, and this did. So uh, Sainz now has a five-second penalty, um, which he'll have to serve at the next pit stop he has. Uh, later on in the race. And in this case, this five-second penalty, Formula One has a interesting way of assigning penalties. In this case, this is when you go in for your next pit stop, they wait for five seconds before servicing yeah. your vehicle. Um, but when Ferrari told signs about this, they called it a stop and go, which is where you come in, stop, oh, yeah, and, and then, then go. go. And you cannot go do and leave. Yeah, as in leave the pits, but you can't do any service within that stop. And that's a lot. A stop and go. Yeah, it's a lot more time. Has a lot more because you're not gaining any benefit. At least with yeah. like a, like a the five second hold for the pit stop. At least you're getting your cars, getting new tires and whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is a whole nother pit stop. A yes. whole other. You're losing the de- pit delta, as they call it, which is multiple seconds. You're going to lose a lot of positions. Uh, so when when they told Carlos this, he had to correct them while he's racing mid race. <laughs> let his engineers and strategists know. Actually, that's not what this is he said something and i don't remember it exactly because it was six o'clock in the morning but it was like stop inventing things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while he's racing he's like stop inventing things yep. and they're like oh yeah oops, we oops. are inventing things aren't we yeah welcome and to ferrari that was only the beginning it was only the beginning lap 30 uh carlos signs 
takes fourth position from George Russell. Uh, again, proving that that Ferrari is just a real, real animal. Just very little effort on Sainz's part. Would you call it a prancing horse? I would call it a prancing horse. Oh, yeah, thank it's a real you. animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- real thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, so, about ten laps later, though, while battling with Red Bull's Sergio Perez, literally side by side, Ferrari's pit wall. The people sitting in the pits go on over the radio and tell Carlos to pit right now while he is Literally side by side. Yes. You could touch the other car. Now, there was a little caveat on the broadcast that maybe this radio message was a little bit delayed. And maybe they said this to him like 15 seconds ago, right? But the main point of our shock at this is the same because you are bewildered by this. The thing about pit strategy is that when you go into the pits if the other car doesn't you're gonna come out in a different place on track Mm -hmm. it makes no sense to battle someone for a position on track that you are not going to keep because battling someone actually slows you down when you're side by side and drafting off of each other like you're not going as fast as you could you don't have the the line you want and all that yes at this point in the race i mean it might sound like it hasn't been much time because of the way that I just said it. But this is nearly 20 laps later after he's got his new tires. Yes. These are medium compound tires. They're not meant to last super long. Yes. Uh, so, you know, he's feeling that the car is losing grip. But feasibly, though, Carlos could have stayed out on these old tires. Uh, probably would have lost a position or two because of the reduced speed because of the reduced grip necessarily. But I mean, I think it could have happened. So I think the call came at the worst time possible because the thing is, is that you, you want to kind of pit, you want to pit when you're going to be released by yourself and Mm -hmm. you want to pit when you have not battled someone Yes, because the most, the most ideal thing to have on a racetrack is to be by yourself. Clean, because when clean you're air, clear clean air, air clear you're track. by yourself, clear track, you can run the exact line you want to run. When you're battling someone, you're wasting time mm-hmm. trying to get around them, driving mm-hmm. next to them. So the fact that Ferrari calls him and says, okay, pit, and he goes, not now. Yeah. Obviously not now. Like this is a horrible <laughs> time to pit because you've just wasted all this time to get past a car and you're just it didn't even matter because you're not gonna be next to that car with anyway. That five second penalty that he was going to have yes. to serve anyway. So yeah, you're gonna lose even more time. Ferrari just knew there. that there was gonna be that penalty. Yeah. He they also saw that he was on kind of like a, a on the war path. The bet pays off for signs. He passes Sergio Perez, but then two laps later he comes into pit, he serves that five seconds penalty, and comes out in ninth place. Five seconds on a racetrack is like, an you're eternity. really far away yeah. from each other, because you're going 200 miles an hour. That's a long distance. Yes, and if I was Carlos, I would be so pissed. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, the, it's just insane. And this is with 10 laps to go. Yeah. So... This man has gone from the very back of the grid all the way up to third place. He was on the podium. Now he's back in ninth. In ninth. And in Formula One, only the top 10 positions score points. So that's a very minor amount of points to be getting after battling all the way back up to third place where you would have done well for Ferrari. 
And this is also compounded because Ferrari has just made these horrible calls all season that have cost its drivers all kinds of points and all kinds of positions. And not only when they're not making horrible car calls, yeah. the car breaks. Yes. So not even not just points necessarily, but like how many seasons of this could you feasibly withstand psychically, you know? Like <laughs> ask ask Fernando Alonso yeah. of the McLaren Honda era. Or, I was gonna say, even ask Carlos Signs. Like this man's been through Sainz. the ringer. Yeah, this He's is been through the Red Bull Junior program, which is stressful enough because you have to perform immediately or else get replaced by Max Verstappen. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> now this means that Ferrari, which is just as high pressure, but Ferrari doesn't know how to manage anything. Here he is, second driver. Uh, <laughs> Weight of the world me. on his shoulders. Poor just man. insane. So, I mean, this is just one example of Ferrari's horrific strategy. Mm-hmm. Their strategy strategy, their campaign this season, just like... It, just so I, 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 again, I feel very bad for these two guys. Even though they're both very handsome and wealthy and have the coolest job in the world, I still feel empathy for them. Um, just Ferrari, man, what are you doing? Come on, come uh, on. Yeah. This is a very, this is a hot take. Ferrari, pick it up. <laughs> you know? Wow, yeah. that, that, that is was spicy. Woo, yeah, down. Oh my goodness! Them fighting words. And then poor Carlos. After his whole day, he battles up through the field. His team is trying to like just implode on him. And then after this whole day, he gets voted driver of the day by the fans. And Formula One picks the worst picture possible oh my God, of this man, <laughs> like to celebrate that he won driver the, of the day. One of the worst. Uh, oh, okay. Nolan's pull, pulling up um, the picture. I, I just have to remind myself what Carlos, it looks like. in this photo, like the lighting, <laughs> the lighting is so bad and also it's just grainy. his body language. He looks like he's looking in your window and you don't know that he's looking in your window. And like some people would say, I wouldn't mind Carlos Sainz looking in my he window. Looks not like, without expression. Not he looks without like expression. he's kind of double, he's like doing a double take at like a really delicious like fondue <laughs> fountain. He's like... <laughs> Okay, a but- chocolate fountain he noticed across the room he's like <laughs> okay here's the thing i know that you can't see this photo it's right so now bad. while you're listening but just look it's, it up it's just look it up and just i'll put it i'll post on my twitter okay uh, nolan's gonna post it on his twitter yes. go find nolan and just look at it yeah. and you'll understand i'm gonna post it too actually it's, so bad. it's just not <laughs> it's, it's such not a good, good photo man. Ferrari's bungling of their own strategy uh, was advantageous for Red Bull's Sergio Perez and Mercedes's George Russell. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, the, uh, Russell and Perez had a pretty gnarly battle near the end of the race there. Uh, they made contact. That was like, like one of those weird intersections, huh? Or Probably. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of those. But so Sergio and George Russell are battling and they're just like, you know, they're doing their thing. And we hear like, half a dozen radio message messages from Sergio Perez. And he's like, George keeps going on the track. George keeps going off the track. George just left the track again, yeah. which like on track, like the track has boundaries. And when you leave the racetrack, generally like if you're gaining an advantage, you can get a penalty in mm-hmm. Formula One. It's track limits. It's mm-hmm. the worst, it's the worst phrase in the world. Um, and so Sergio Perez is like, 
he's radioing his team to try to get the FIA and the and the stewards to yeah. hear. And he's like, George went off track. George went off track. Mom, George went off track. Mom, <laughs> mom, tell him to stop going off track. Mom, give him a time penalty. And yeah. it's like, my dude, just drive. Like, this is so pathetic. <laughs> there is something weird when you hear the drivers complaining about... Because it's all political. Rules. Yeah, and it's just... It's just off-putting. Not off-putting, but, like, it's just surprising because we kind of make these images of the drivers. Like, we build them up to be these stalwart characters who live on the edge and throw caution to the wind for glory. But then they're like, yeah, like, (laughs) whining. Mom, penalize him. It's it's super weird. And I don't really like to criticize drivers, like, for radio messages in the moment because you got to remember, like, they're going, like, at least 180 when they're making calls to their pit but also it's like so adrenaline is running and you're not keeping track of things you're saying necessarily but also like hot take here guys stop doing <laughs> Sergio it Sergio Perez pick it up man okay, <laughs> okay. I, another hot take wow I think Lewis Hamilton is such a pro at this and this is the only time I get annoyed listening to Lewis Hamilton is when he radios his team he is the king of going that was just so unsafe yeah. when he radios his team because he's trying to give someone a penalty. So, yep. like, in, in Canada, um, Sebastian Vettel left the racetrack and came back on. And you could argue, yeah, it was, like, sure, maybe it was a little unsafe. But he was trying to get Sebastian a time penalty, which he ultimately did, and Sebastian lost the win, and Lewis Hamilton won. This was in 2019. This was in 2019 yeah. in Canada. You can go look it up. It was a really wonderful time when Sebastian Vettel actually refused to bring his car to the winner, the podium area. So he didn't park his car over there. And then in the empty parking spot where his car was supposed to be, he swapped the podium signs for first and second because first was in front of Lewis Hamilton's car and second was in front of his empty parking spot. And he switched them to put first in front of his empty parking spot. (laughs) So anyway, during this race, when Sebastian left the track and came back on and ultimately got a penalty, Lewis goes, man, that was just so unsafe. I can't believe he did that. That was so dangerous because like they're just trying to get the stewards who are the officials in Formula One who make the rules and enforce them basically. He's just trying to get them to go, okay, fine, we'll give him a penalty because he did something unsafe. And it's really funny because it's so passive aggressive. It's like when you subtweet someone, you know what you're talking about, but they're just trying to like get them in trouble with these stupid little rules. Which it, it just it's funny because that is the people want to make these race car drivers out to be these ultra warriors like these gladiators no, doing petty battle little boys well, yeah does, and they're yeah, just schoolboys having a little fight. That they're <laughs> very privileged and uh, just sad petty, little rich yeah. boys, little so, boys having a fight. Yeah. So we had uh, quite a few DNFs, which stands for did not finish. Uh, this happens if a driver crashes, if they spin, if they have some sort of problem ultimately that puts them out of the race. Yuki Sonoda of AlphaTauri was spun out after a little tap by Esteban Ocon on the very first lap. Um, he strongly continued after his his spin. He made a valiant effort. Bless him. Yep, he did all right. He it was it was sad, uh, but <laughs> he ended up retiring, DNFing on lap seventeen, which again not a great day for AlphaTauri, which is the kind of sub team of Red Bull Racing. It's mm-hmm. their junior team. Uh, lap 38, we had a another attempt at a <laughs> at a pass that resulted in contact. Uh, Nicholas Latifi from Williams uh, 
driver who's not scored a single point this year, I believe, attempted to pass Kevin Magnuson and his Haas. Both of them tapped each other. Guess what? They both ended up DNFing. And by the end of the race, we had on lap 50, Zhu Guan Yu, he, uh, he also DNF'd. Pulled off on the side of the track. Mm. Three laps from the end of the race. That's when it stings. I also do that sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes off? I'm just three laps from the end of the race, and I'm like, man, I'm good done. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, had a good one. I had, I had a good run, and it's over now. <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. Ultimately, we uh, we ended this race with Max Verstappen, who won by over 10 seconds, uh, followed by Lewis Hamilton in second place. Able to capitalize on yes. Ferrari's, uh, Ferrari's disaster. disaster. And it's his first second place finish this season. And what's yeah. really wild is Lewis Hamilton, who's dominated this mm-hmm. sport for the past, like, eight years watching him get second and be like wow great job team we had such a great day we haven't done that this year whereas like lewis hamilton if he'd finished second last year he'd been like are we serious (laughs) yeah exactly really second yep Yep. it's just wow it's a big vibe shift (laughs) yes oh how the turns have tabled Oh, how the turns have tabled. You're so right. And uh, that means that we also, we had a double Mercedes podium this weekend. George Russell got third, um, and he just barely got that third place. Sergio Perez came in fourth, just... Right behind him. Yeah, right behind him, eighth of a second behind him. And after that, that long battle and the uh, the attempts at yeah. getting him penalized a little bit, but <laughs> didn't work out. So didn't the, work. The top three teams now in the World uh, World Constructors Championship remains the same with Red Bull in first, Ferrari in second, and Mercedes in third. Uh, Alpine and Mer- uh, Alpine, not a team we've really mentioned all this episode. Uh, Alpine and McLaren, another team we haven't mentioned at all. They're even on points going into the French Grand Prix. So Alpine has pulled ahead of McLaren for that fourth place position. Leading uh, the best of the rest. Best of the rest, that's right. So, man, takeaways from this race... Ferrari need to pick it up. Um, oh. <laughs> Ferrari just need to really get their shit together. They have an amazing car. They have char- like two of the best drivers in the world, no doubt. Leclerc is f- a phenom, and Carlos isn't too far behind him either. Frankly, yeah. like I, Carlos has really impressed me. Um, I they just really need to get their shit together. Not really a revolutionary thing to say concerning Ferrari, but it's just it's it's embarrassing to watch. Yeah. Again, the, the team who has been in this sport the longest with such a legacy, all these world championships, like developed the sport itself. They get paid every year they compete just because they're that integral mm-hmm. to F1 mm-hmm. and they suck. Well, so here's the <laughs> thing. I think we really saw Ferrari tank in 2020 and they clawed back a little. They've been they've been tanking for years. Like, let's okay, be honest. But they were doing all right. <laughs> but 2020 was when it was really embarrassing. Like, yeah, they were true. down with the mid-pack teams in 2020. And we're like, they're up there this year, but their actions are just as embarrassing as 2020. The clown so, shoes. What's funny about Formula One is that all of these car manufacturers compete because it's like, fancy and red carpet and makes us look great and wow we're so cool and then you go out there and you just create this horrible car that implodes on <laughs> itself and you call the worst race strategy in the world and you're a complete laughing stock and it's like this is a great advertisement for ferrari <laughs> this makes me want to drive a ferrari yeah. what a good use of your ad dollars mm-hmm. ferrari <laughs> Well, 
to their credit, at least their car didn't break down this week. Oh, that's great. So it, that's good. That's an improvement at least on their part. It just broke a tire barrier. Yeah, now they just need to do everything better, basically. <laughs> yeah. Everything that's not, yeah. So Ferrari, pick it up. Red Bull, I, I imagine Max was kind of bored after Le, uh, Leclerc dropped out. Um, good for him, you know. He, good he for won. him. Yeah. Good. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the story of the season so far is how will Ferrari mess it up this week? <laughs> Our final segment of the week, Boyfriend of the Week. Oh, how exciting. Yes, this is my favorite um, thing I've ever done here. Uh, yeah, so boyfriend of the week is not, we're not choosing the hottest driver. Um, we're, this is our way of acknowledging who is the best this week. Uh, we're, this is going to be a recurring segment. It can be anyone. It can be a driver. It can be a, t- a team principal. It can be someone on social media with a particularly hot take. Uh, you get the picture. Who is good enough to be our boyfriend or girlfriend of the week? This is middle school rules here. We're not choosing our husbands. This is just for the, just for the week, our boyfriend of the week. Alanis, how about you start us off here? All right. So my boyfriend of the week, personally, was when I was watching the broadcast, I really loved when we panned to Pierre Gasly's mother. Okay. Interesting. So Pierre Gasly's mother is my boyfriend of the week. All um, right. Because during the broadcast, so Pierre Gasly is out running like 12th or wherever he's at he's not doing anything remarkable this weekend but they keep showing his mother and she keeps making these expressions pascal yes yes and so at one point during the race they show her and she's just making this like sad no like she's shaking her head no and she looks really sad and it was just like that's beautiful. <laughs> what a great illustration of everything, right? And then they show her later, and she's, like, excited about something. And I was like, girl, do your thing. Like, make this, make us feel emotion at <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning. Shake your head. Thank you so much, boyfriend of the week. Thank you, Pascal. Wow. All right, Elizabeth. Uh, I am going to go with Paul DeResta. Paul oh, goodness, Sky that is Sports so good. Commentators, uh, who David Coulthard was doing the driver interviews after the race this Tell weekend. me more about David Coulthard. David Coulthard is former Formula One driver. He's historically had some hot takes about women, <laughs> specifically that they cannot drive Formula One cars. You know, people might say that about him. <laughs> I would, I would probably go to limb and say that about David Coulthard. <laughs> anyway, he's doing the driver interviews at the end of this race. And he keeps talking, just setting up a question with a lot of context. And Paul DeResta goes, God, he, can he stop talking? Like, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was good. Paul DeResta, thank you for that great moment. Speaking for all of us, my boyfriend of the week. I'm going to have to go with Lando Norris. What? Uh, was he in the race? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) you know who's he out there i don't remember i think so okay no hold on i don't know why i said that Um, (laughs) he's just a cute little boy i thought you were gonna i thought you were about to have a revelation no no uh let me try again (laughs) i set you up for a revelation no screw it lando norris he finished seventh hashtag better than daniel ricardo it's better than yeah i mean he only by two places though but Lando, you know, uh, you know what it was? I saw a picture this morning of Lando with, I think, Kelly Piquet's daughter okay. or something. And you know what? Like, 
Lando just seems like a that kind of turned my opinion on Lando. Did he post it on Instagram? N- I don't Who think so. It? I don't know. It? I saw it on Reddit. What was your opinion before, and how has it shifted now? Okay. I've kind of been ambivalent towards Lando this past couple of years, but this photo has, it's just shown me that there's something that he can, he, he can be greater than that. Maybe okay. I was he wrong. He has an emotion. He has emotion. I was maybe wrong. I was too harsh on Lando, even though I think I was, there's been times in the past where I think I've been kind of justified in my, my, uh, judgment of him. But now since I've seen him with that kid, I see him. I see him as a father. I could see it, visualize him as a father. He's twelve. He's twenty-two. He's twelve. That's not and an appropriate age to be having children. Twenty-two. He's well, I'm not going to get technical. On that. <laughs> um, and he's my boyfriend of the week this week. Okay. And I wish him very well in the next race. All right. So those are our boyfriends and girlfriend of the week. Thanks for listening to the Donut Raising Show. If you like the episode, please subscribe and tell your friends about us so we can keep doing it. That's right. Our next episode comes out on August 3rd when we'll be covering the Hungarian Grand Prix. And trust me, you will not want to miss this one. Haas are rolling out their final upgrades to their car, the VF22. Could these be the changes that Haas driver Kevin Magnussen needs? Because they're not giving them to his teammate Mick Schumacher. What the hell is going on with McLaren driver and fan favorite Daniel Ricciardo? Will Lewis Hamilton finally win a race this season? And can Charles Leclerc keep up with Max Verstappen for the Drivers' Championship, or is his greatest competition his own team? Tune in next week to find out. If this is your first time listening to a Donut Podcast, we have another show called Past Gas. It's an automotive history show. Highly recommend you check that out. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, look that up on YouTube, Donut Media. Um, and follow Alanis at Alanis N. King on Instagram and Twitter. Correct. Follow Elizabeth. I, I'm yeah. assuming it's also Elizabeth Blackstock. It is at Eliz underscore Blackstock because my name is too long. Follow me at Nolan J Sykes on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like. My tweets are not that good, but just do it. Goodbye. you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish so remember angie's list is now angie and we're here to get your job done right get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i or download the app today Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.